And sometimes you have to be lovingly shoved towards your destiny. It's the reality because people, you know, the hero or hero's journey, Joseph Campbell talked about the power of myth and he talks about the reluctant hero, the reluctant hero. They're always reluctant. Yeah. It's part of the story. So most of us are very reluctant to embrace our destiny. So what has to happen? Someone has to show up encouraging you. They have to keep telling you, you can do it, you can do it. And they also tell you when you're not on your path. Yeah. They remind you, yo, uh, you might want to check yourself. Okay, fine, right? Because we will lose our way. Yeah. We will doubt is success testing you. I tell people that all the time. Doubt is success testing you. Doubt will show up every time to see if it can win. And doubt has an amazing record. Doubt's got a Hall of Fame, and Doubt's got a lot of names in that Hall of Fame that they have taken down, Yeah. right? But that's your calling. That's your challenge. Do you really want this? Then keep pushing through. Keep advancing. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Feeding Curiosity. I'm your host, Eric Wenzel, as always. For those listening for the first time, Feeding Curiosity is a podcast that explores the precarity of human experience, and we challenge ourselves and others to think, question, and synthesize wherever our curiosity takes us. It is through these conversations that we hope to provide blueprints for others to learn and lead a more fulfilling life. I am incredibly excited to bring this conversation to all of you today. My guest is Kevin Carroll. And many of you will not know who Kevin is. Kevin is a master at what he does. It's Kevin's job to inspire businesses, organizations, individuals, from CEOs and school children to embrace their spirit of play, creativity, and maximize their human potential for more meaningful business and personal growth. Here's a quote on his website where he sums up what he's all about. The master in the art of living makes little distinction between his work and his play. James Michener. I love this quote because it encapsulates who Kevin is to an insane degree. And in this conversation, you're going to hear the intensity that Kevin brings to the conversation. And not only that, Kevin turns the tables on me. And in some ways, this conversation is not an interview. It is an active discussion in real time. We're playing in this conversation. And he picks me apart and he understands what I bring to the table. And I think, honestly, that's what this is all about. But we also talk a lot about how we can show up as humans in this crisis, in this great pause, so that we can be better people when we get through this. And so with that, everyone, please enjoy this amazing and wide-ranging conversation full of fire with Kevin Carroll. And I also want to give one more shout-out is to check out his short-form podcast called Cataglyphs. And you can find a link in the show notes to go check those out. It's well worth your time. Please enjoy, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Feeding Curiosity. In today's episode, we're joined by Kevin Carroll. Hi, Kevin. Ah, 
<laughs> We're on here, Eric. Let's go, Eric. I've already got a curiosity about the way you spell your name. See? Oh yeah, so, this... <laughs> so I don't know how many of your guests said that to you, but I'm like, what's going on with that? That's an interesting spelling. Yep, that's right? you're actually the first person I think that has probably mentioned it on air. So that's the German spelling of of Eric. So it's E R I C H. I, I live. In Deutschland for a while, right? Oh, really? Like in Bisse Deutsch, yeah, Bisse Deutsch. Wow. My Deutsche Schles. The Hunden, the, the, the what is it, that one that they always say? The Hunden's lost in the Katz in the Keller, right? So, right? It's like silly stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I was Fußballspieler, Kreisliga, in the Hunsruck, right? Which is the, the, out, the outer area by okay. Kiesbaden, Traben Traba. Okay. So I was in the Air Force there. So, yeah. Wow. So I learned my German. I can I can curse really well in German, and I know all the soccer terms. I know all the soccer terms in German very very well. That's but we lived cool. in a German uh, town and stuff, mm -hmm. and I was over there for three years, stationed there. Wow, that's so cool. Because so even though my name is really German, my my dad's side of the family, where I get my German heritage from, came to this country and really adopted the American values. But I've always felt a really strong connection to the German heritage because of how my name is spelled. And just for full context, my entire name, including my middle name, is Eric von Wenzel. So oh, I couldn't get wow. any more German yeah. than that. And, <laughs> and the funny thing is that for you to be speaking, it is actually since January, I've started doing Duolingo German. Oh, wow. So I'm doing Duolingo Spanish right now because I got time. Right, right? exactly. So, but but I also, you know, I already speak a few languages and stuff, mm -hmm. too. So, yeah. So I, I have a curiosity about uh, languages and, mm -hmm. and just when you're curious about language, it makes you curious about people and cultures. So, and so I think Americans especially, right, need to get out of that bubble, right, and, and really be open to learning other languages. I think it's just a really helpful. And so we got time. <laughs> Got time, right? Yeah. So uh, why not start learning a language? So, you know, you can always find languages on the Foreign Service Institute to FSI.com and they're free. And they give you actually listening dialogues that you practice. Really? That's so cool. cool. Yeah. But they tend to be, but they're for attaches and embassy people. So you learn a lot of like military stuff too, which is pretty funny. Like how to go to social parties. Oh, and okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it's good though. It's good. And it's free. So if it's free, it's me. I'm down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, there's so many free resources out there nowadays. And especially given the times, there's even more free resources because people are just being more generous than they usually are. But before we digress further and further, because we, we, yeah, we, we, we could go down the rabbit hole already, but who are you, first of all? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, you know, it's funny. I have many ways that I like to describe my, my suite of services and my skill set, but I always kind of defer to an author, a speaker, instigator of inspiration. So those are the things that I defer to typically mm -hmm. and if it's about a ball or book or betterment i'm in so anything around sports and plays the ball anything around books education literacy mm -hmm. i'm all about that and then betterment how are we bettering the human condition in a positive way mm -hmm. so those are my things that i'm all about so i endeavor to be invested in those on the daily and grade myself at the end of the day a go or no go that i do something to have reach or impact and yeah. that's the way that i uh, go about my uh, daily endeavors. I, I love that on all accounts. And, you know, to kind of keep going with what we were talking about with language is where did your love of language start? Yeah, it's funny that you asked that because I dropped Spanish after five minutes in high school, right? So, but never forgot the five minutes, Eric. 
Eso sana en casa, no la casino. Donde esta la sala, no la casino. I still remember the five minutes. And I dropped the class. I'm like, this is silly. What do I need this for? Did I end up learning Serbian, Croatian, and Czech in the military, right? Because they discover I have a language ability. Yeah. And I literally said, I don't think I can learn languages. And look, I've never forgotten that first five minutes of class. So the military kind of brought it out of me, mm -hmm. but it was a latent kind of thing sitting in me. It was just lying dormant and it was waiting to be activated. And so in service to the United States Air Force, they found it in me. And, and ever since then, I've just always been open to, and I learned German when I lived in Germany. Mm -hmm. I was very curious. So I've always been very curious about words. Mm -hmm. I've always loved words. And that goes all the way back to getting my library card when I was nine years old. And the first title I took out of the library was Where the Wild Things Are. Wow. And that just set me off on my love of words and reading and, mm -hmm. you know, Reading books makes you better, they say, and mm -hmm. it does, right? And so I've always had a love of reading. I've always had a curiosity around that. And to the point of your title of your podcast, Feeding Curiosity, I've always been feeding it first with words, right? Mm -hmm. And reading and love of literature. That's an interesting one for me because as someone like me, so for full context, I'm an engineer by training. So I'm mm. just, I love putting pieces together and solving problems and puzzles, like all that part of it. But when I was really little, I had trouble reading. I had comprehension issues, even though there was something about it I enjoyed. It was more of like, I'd box myself in, right? Like, like many of us do, right? We see certain characteristics of ourselves and I'm like, oh, I'm not good at that. So you never even attempt to try it. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I had a teacher who pulled me aside and said, Hey, Eric, you can do this. You don't have to listen to like the scholastic, you know, with the little number in the corner for like grade levels yes. or whatever. And she gave me permission basically to explore my own curiosity basically mm. and then from there my dad like wound up giving me a novel from a thriller novel duo douglas preston and lincoln child they mm. wrote the book relic it was a movie like in the 90s too but it was a really interesting basically modern day sherlock holmes i read that maybe in like fifth grade and from that boy day forward i was able to read anything Again, like it was like it, well, all of a sudden this switch had got like flipped and I would was like this person. Was there a moment for you where it's like you entered into something and someone just gave you permission or a mentor or just what did it come easy for you to be a reader? Because I think people like are scared of reading to some degree, like it feels like you should be doing it, but you don't know how to do it. Yeah. And I think, you know, that life hack or unlock kind of moment for me there's there's several things that where someone gave me permission you know to go after something to pursue something mm -hmm. to think about or and i would say when i was becoming an athletic trainer and learning sports medicine and i was in the military but i was going to college also mm -hmm. randall gene matthews he was my athletic trainer at angelo state university in west texas by god you got to throw that on the end when you say west texas by god <laughs> right uh randall gene matthews he gave me permission with these famous words i'm not going to tell you no so i was going to him about studying sports medicine i'm full-time in the military going to college and he said, well, why do you want to do that? You have a job already. And I said, well, I want to be an athletic trainer. He says, well, and then he paused. He goes, well, I'm not going to tell you no, but this is what you're going to have to do. And it's a lot. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, don't worry about that. I'll figure it out. We've stayed friends since that day. And Randy and I have been friends for, oh, gosh, I want to say 
30 plus years now mm-hmm. and we still are very, very close. And he always says to me, it's so funny. He says, he says, you know what my claim to fame is? I didn't mess you up. Right? So he, goes, <laughs> he said, I could have messed you up and told you, no, you're not going to do it. He said, but I chose to give you permission. Mm-hmm. And by him unlocking that offer and then getting out of the way of me and me having to take ownership of it, it really made a big difference for me in my journey. And then I went on to do the athletic training thing mm-hmm. and go to the NBA and then end up at Nike. But yeah, so yeah. I would say Randall Gene Matthews was that person, was that unlock for me as related to a lot of my career. Wow. So so for you, where did the then the combining movement into your like skill set mm-hmm. basically? Because for a lot of people who like books and ideas, combining movement isn't an easy thing bridge to gap sometimes. Like for me, it was really, really difficult to understand how moving makes you smarter or helps you relieve some sort of mental tension in some degree or another. And that's really recent for me, probably when I was like 21, which is six years mm. ago now only. <laughs> so mm. it, where did that I think a big you? part. Yeah. I think a big part movement's always been my mojo since I was young. Right. Okay. So I was a kid with a lot of wiggles, if you will. Right. So um, sports and play were really important to me because the play, playground that I grew up in when I was a kid, that was my first safe place. So, you know, being the product of two addict parents and being rescued by my grandparents and raised in this neighborhood where the main place was the playground, mm-hmm. like Preston Playground, it was amazing because sports was everything in our neighborhood. And your reputation was built on how you were showing up at that playground and how you were playing in sports. And that was just the way it was in our neighborhood. And it didn't matter if you were a boy or a girl, it was that way, but really for the boys. And so I figured that out really early that I had to find a way to stay in the game. And so I wasn't a big kid, but I was super quick, right? So I, I was fast, I was quick. But the other thing that was really amazing for me, and I didn't realize... I understood games. So they would say I had a a high athletic IQ. I figured games out really quickly and I figured out how I could contribute to a team. And so I wasn't looking for glory. I wasn't looking to be the star. How can I stay in the game? How can I be of help of, you know, like you were saying in service. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it all started when I was six at that playground that movement became so important to me because it was a way for me to cope with my difficult circumstances as a child. Yeah. So I was managing and coping. It was a coping mechanism for me and a coping skill, mm-hmm. my difficulties through movement. And so movement and books were the first two things. Mm-hmm. So the public library and school and in this playground were my first two things that allowed me to be feel safe and my well-being getting lifted up, my self-esteem getting built up. And so, yeah, so I can go all the way back to when I was six, dude. And that was really important to me. Like, yeah, and I've always had movement. I've never not had movement in my life. Even when I got injured playing sports, I'd still find a way to keep doing stuff. So you had too much energy. Movement is my mojo for sure. Yeah, that's really interesting because, you know, it's it sounds like to me you had like these two pillars already like in place where you had like the intellectual side and like you can explore the internal landscape of like how you absorbed the world and then also could express yourself. But the thing that's interesting to me is that you didn't do it for like personal glory. Like it was always looking at other people and how could you either be a, like include others basically. 
Yeah, because everything for me was predicated on belonging mm-hmm. and community. That's mm-hmm. what it was about. Like, how do I belong? How do I connect? How do I stay connected? Because I don't have a traditional family. Yeah. So what are we all seeking? That we all want to belong somewhere. We all want to be part of a tribe. And so I was figuring that out really quickly. And, you know, you know, I was fortunate that I found positive ways to do it, right? Because yeah. it could have been very easy. I could have gone any number of other directions with my life because I didn't have that parental kind of influence or um, responsibility over me. My grandparents were older, so they couldn't really raise us. They just did the best they could. But I got raised by that playground. I talk about that, you know, quite a bit with a great deal of reverence that Preston Playground, which is so funny, would have a man's name, Preston, was a really important part of my success. But I never was about personal glory. It was like, well, how can I be of help to you? How can I be of service Mm -hmm. to you? How can I keep the game going? Because I don't want to go home now. Yeah. Oh, that. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Ah, that's good. You got a nice epiphany just then. Like, oh. It's like, because you do. it's real, right? Think about that. (laughs) You do the things that you feel comforted by, you know, where you feel like you belong, no matter how much. Because like what it did for me is like in high school during, you know, I feel like most of us have some sort of crisis where you don't feel like Mm -hmm. you belong. And so I wound up turning to video games and I would spend many, 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 many hours inside and playing video games all day because I felt like in this subsection of this thing I could exercise control over, I belonged here. Mm. You know, I had some sort of skill that others didn't seem to have and I could, you know, exercise that and be make a positive impact in that environment, basically. And it's like, how do you translate that outside of the physical game, right, where it becomes this corrosive effect if you play too much right and yes. i'm trying to be really like pull it out and make it not just be like games are bad <laughs> yeah yeah no no i don't think there's anything wrong with with gaming i think is is a brilliant outlet for a lot of people mm-hmm. and i think what what we're starting to discover more and more especially with professional gaming now mm-hmm. right is it takes so much concentration you have to physically be very fit because if you start getting tired mentally, what happens? You don't play as well. Yep. You make mistakes. So what they started realizing is we need movement. We need to incorporate movement and fitness levels for these cyber athletes, for these gaming athletes, right? So mm-hmm. I love the fact that, that they actually jumped the shark, right, and realized, right, like, wait, if we don't keep them fit, they're not going to be able to perform. It's not just about them being able to manipulate you know, the device, right? Mm -hmm. And use that in their thumbs or whatever. No, if they're losing concentration and that's directly contributing and associated with stamina. Yeah. Right? So we got to look at aerobic endurance. We got to look at anaerobic moments. You start looking at it scientifically and from my background, oh, I get it. So that's why they're down at the IMG Academy. Now they got a dang gaming division, right? And they're training teams there. Right. I mean, it's crazy when they thought I can just chill here and eat some Doritos and all that. Yeah. But when you want to go professional, these guys are serious. Mm -hmm. And those the venues they're playing in 30, 40,000 people watching them play just like they were playing an actual game. Right. They that they were playing a game. So you got to be on and you got to be fit and it might be fit in a different way, but you got to be able to have stamina. So I love the fact that you brought that up, I don't think there's anything wrong with it at all. I just yeah. think 
you have to recognize that if you want to be, you know, to do that well, mm -hmm. then you're going to have to take good care of you. I always go back to energy, right? It's always going to be about anyone's energy is going to allow you to turn any idea or dream into reality. So taking good care of yourself is really important. Yeah. So for you, like, again, like, because gaming has had such negative stigma, stigma around it for a long time where people say it's not good or healthy, it, you know, like anything else, right? If you do anything to excess, it's bad for you. Yeah. You know, for me, I think you had said it, it was like, have a hobby that you can do that like recharges your batteries after you're working, but don't do it to excess. I'm paraphrasing horribly, but it's, it's something along those lines where you can have those things and game and, and use it as your, your, comfort basically but be mm -hmm. able to you like re-enter the world with something additional because like for me i gamed a lot but i wound up using mental tools for it for a lot of these like esport type games where i would use it as like how do you lose better you know like mm -hmm. every game you yes. play you're going to be playing with nine other random players and then all you can do is control your view of the game like all you can do is control your skill set in that game and how did you do versus the last time you played right and then it, did you, even if you lost that game, did you learn something? You know, did you yes. think about how you could do it better? And that's very uh, much like, you know, the original Olympic um, idea was arate, right? Personal best. Mm. So the whole idea of how are you doing your best mm -hmm. against you? You're always competing against yourself when you're doing esport and doing gaming. Yeah, the outcome is going to be the outcome. But to your point, did I improve? Mm -hmm. Did I get a better personal score? Right. It's just like in the Olympics. Why are this person came in seventh place and they're overjoyed? Well, they just did a PR. They just did a personal record. So they're thrilled about that. It's not the overall outcome is how am I competing against me? So the whole idea of finding something that replenishes your energy, whatever it might be, to allow you to fight the good fight. So however you choose, that's you, do you mm -hmm. around that, but make sure you're replenishing the energy so that you can show up right, and be ready to do the things you're expected to do and whatever your endeavor might be. So no, that makes perfect sense to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, cause I, I want to be using that for myself because I would be working or going to school and then I'd come home and I'd be like, all I really want to do is like, last thing I want to do is study some more. I'd wind up yes. playing games to decompress, but then I was yeah. trying to make it a valuable tool that I was like, okay, am I learning problem solving? Am I learning like cooperation with the team, you know, mm. or communicating effectively, even though you can't like, you know, type out full sentences or something, you know, like internal communications within the system, things like that. Like I was trying to extract layers of, of skill sets basically that you wouldn't otherwise think about. So that's brilliant. And I'll, I'll say this, you need to share that with other engineering students, because that's one of the things I've been around lots of engineers. First thing engineers want to always tell you, we're not creative. Come on, dude. Seriously? Are you really saying that to me? You're not creative? You problem solve all day long. That's creativity. No, 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 right? We have much higher gravitas to what we're doing. It's like, come on, really? So I've only met a few engineers who will literally own that, that mm -hmm. they're creative. Yeah. Most always want to be at this lofty, you know, we do this kind of work. That's for those people that wear all black all the time, whatever, it's not us. I'm like, come on. So engineering students need to hear what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Here are all, here's the game within the game. Yeah. Here are the things of value you're taking out of that if you really pay attention yeah. to what you could be extrapolating out of this. So you should think about either writing a little op-ed or 
a little post for them and share that with baby first, your alma mater, but maybe even going, because I think that was what you were saying was profound and it's not heard enough. (laughs) And I think that a lot of kids out there that think that I just go in my bubble and do this. No, but actually you could be learning life skills yeah. And things that could be of value to you. So you didn't know that you were going to get challenged on your <laughs> own podcast, right? So there, there's your opportunity all, right there. That's, that's what this is all for. To you. I, I mean, that's one amazing, and I hadn't looked at it that way, but it's, I mean, this entire endeavor of Feeding Curiosity has that engineering, like level of deconstructing the system and how mm. do you create a feedback loop, basically. The, yes. Like one so of, you're, you're using all the language, right? So we can pull from all the things. You're using that beautiful language of an engineer, but you're also speaking from this high-touch level. Mm-hmm. You're not talking just high-tech. You're actually talking about being more evolved, internal communication, right? <laughs> Working with a team, collaboration, all these things you're saying, right? That's soft skill. Right. That's what those are those soft skills. But dude, they that is needed even more now. So because you will have credibility because you speak our language, mm-hmm. now you're in, actually start sharing that. That's a great opportunity for you mm-hmm. to do that. And so when you talked about being of service for others yeah. and in service, here's your opportunity. So you didn't know I was gonna flip this on you, Eric. Like, like oh my god, a guest is actually giving me work to do. What is happening here? It happens. It happens in in the in the back end when when I'm thinking about the conversations, not in real time. I don't know, but this is this is exactly what I was hoping for. That's it. That's it. That's it. Right. So that that I love is it. it. Like for me, like honestly, the so the I'm gonna give you some backstory here because you're picking apart and trying and doing a great job of understanding who I am and how I see the world. And I've done a ton of work with Dr. Mike. I did his Compete to Create, his online course. Oh, wow. And so I have a personal philosophy and I have all these. Diff- 25 words or less? Yep. And so <laughs> I, I love it. <laughs> so my first version of this was, or at least for the podcast, for Feeding Curiosity, was think, question, synthesize. Mm. You know, what do you do with any thought or anything you learn or anything you do? You think about it, you question it, and then you go find out as much as you can to answer that question. You synthesize what you learned and then repeat. Mm-hmm. And then as I did more work with it and refined my approach, now it's become this thing that's more human to some degree. So my personal aim is to use knowledge with responsibility. Mm. So it's with knowledge comes responsibility. And it's really powerful for me because I have. that's too, <laughs> So I love that to whom much is given, much is expected. Mm-hmm. Because knowledge is, is useless unless you take you know, and use it in a powerful or hold it above. Cause you know, we know that knowledge equals power, right? And you have to be respectful of that and to, to use it for its utmost potential, but within limits of that, that does no harm mm-hmm. is kind of where I go with that. Yeah. <laughs> and then in, in further beyond that is like having conversations with someone like yourself, even though it's a one-on-one thing, it's through conversation and through writing that we and communication, broadly speaking, that we can provide blueprints for others to learn and lead a more fulfilling life. The engineer has spoken. <laughs> the blueprint. Yes, you and Jay Z. There it is, right there. You and Jay Z. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So that's probably the best I've ever explained that in the most concise way, but there it is. That's what I do and why I do it more or less. And 
to share it with someone like you who this is like all it like that's your thing is to catalyze people and to make you know them understand their direction or challenge them to fulfill mm -hmm. who they already are right like there's something about everybody that they can excel in it's just a matter of uncovering it absolutely and absolutely. i truly believe that no and, and i and i'm glad that you are you know a believer in that it's that's real talk though i mean i just think that everyone has that in them but you got to do the work too right you got to be willing to do the work mm -hmm. not everybody's willing to do the work right and the fact that you've been you know working diligently with dr mike and the platforms him and coach pete have together and all of that i think you know that just says you're a seeker yeah. right and so the idea of being a seeker is the key right the more that we are always as i like to say staying in beta as a human being, you'll appreciate that. Another good engineering thing, right? Stay in beta, <laughs> right? Always improving, always updating. Yep. And I always say we're so quick to update our apps on yep. our phone, but we're the greatest app ever created. We are. Look at yourself like an app. How did you update you today? Mm -hmm. How did you improve? And it's incremental, right? You know this. Eric. Those improvements that they're doing on your app, they're incremental and they want to make sure you come back, right? So these little unlocks, these little things they're doing, they're not monumental most times. Because if it got to that point, you're probably not dealing with that app anymore. Yep. So it's always little tweaks. It's always little betters. It's always little updates. But that's us too. That's us. So the more that we recognize and behave in a similar way that we are with our devices, dude, it's game on then, right? We got a fighting chance. So I just think that's the attitude that everybody should take, mm -hmm. right? And try to be your own personal catalyst first and have the right attitude around that. It, it was a really hard thing for me, like to kind of go back to movement because that was a, the big shift for me is I grew up being very much the analytical math person, was not very coordinated, didn't really get sports per se because... I didn't have enough self-esteem just being smaller, being whatever. I was just more in, in the intellectual sphere as a young kid. And then it wasn't until like friends had gone off to college and they were like, hey, you should try to work out. And they used their language really specifically and said, didn't say you should work out. It's healthy for you or like put it on you. They said, you should work out. You might like it. That's hmm. all they said. Next thing you know, I'm working at my, I was working as a lab already while I was still in school. So I was already in my engineering world, figuring out what it would be like to be engineer post-graduation, even though I wasn't graduated yet. So I had like this safety over there and I had enough room to go explore. And I was always like, okay, here's this physicality thing mm -hmm. that I haven't explored yet. I know there's something there, but I haven't given enough effort to it. But so then I, again, to keep building on the engineer thing is like, I did what engineers do is I deconstructed working out and, and turned it into, instead of being the, instead of being <laughs> this thing that was like meathead, like pick up weight, put it back down again. I said, okay, what's the biomechanics of moving the body? Yes. Like when you do squats, like you have just a, like a layer of pulleys. And so when you, or if you do like a bicep curl, when you do a bicep curl, you're moving your arm and it's like a pulley. And then your, you know, your bicep muscle is what's doing the work. And so I turned it into like a real life laboratory for myself. I'd watch videos mm -hmm. or see workout routines. And then I would go to the gym that evening. And then I would be like, I'm going to go experiment today. <laughs> so good. That's genius, dude. That's genius. 
Honestly, because you have to play those games with your mind, mm-hmm. right, to keep you in that. Mm-hmm. Because if it's, especially if it's a departure from the real endeavor that you're going after, engineering. Mm-hmm. But I know this could benefit me, but how do I actually take the skills and learnings from what I'm in, involved in and invested in mm-hmm. and directly apply them? How do they have crossover, right? How, do they, how are they able to cross over into this? And it might be only a little thing that you're doing to your, with yourself and understanding, right? It's a play within the play. Mm-hmm. It's very Shakespearean that way, right? I did Shakespeare as a kid. So Shakespeare had two plays happening. Most people don't know that, right? There was a play for the aristocrats, and then there was a play on words for the underlings, right? Yeah. The commoners. And so I studied Shakespeare in school, and so I was an English minor. So there's always this play within the play, the game within the game. So you were playing this other game. Unbeknownst to everybody else in the gym, who's throwing weights around, right? Like getting a lift on, get my swole on. You're like, well, now biomechanically, yeah. how do you actually look at the, uh, the agonist protagonist opportunity here, right? <laughs> like, you know, being all philosophical and analytical and intellectual, right? But you're still doing your lips, right? Everybody's like, wow, that guy, and he's throwing some weight around. And you're like, so if I do this, I'm maximizing the lever here, right? And then, oh yeah, okay. So, but what, hey, look, whatever works. <laughs> it's so true. I'm laughing because, like, you're nailing it so hard because. It's like I was there with you, right? More or less. Like, I was like, I was like your, your workout partner there, right? It's well, like, I just gotta know all this stuff. Yeah. Because I've been around enough different people and their approach to movement, right? Mm-hmm. And physicality. I love that you use the word physicality. And I'm all about how do you celebrate your physicality? Mm-hmm. Because we all need to find a way to do that because that's how you replenish your energy to fight the good fight for whatever it is you're endeavoring to do. Yeah. You cannot do it without energy. I don't care what it is you're trying to accomplish. You got to have the energy. You got to have the requisite energy. So it's so cool that you were thinking about that in that way and you flipped it in a way that you really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. So it it helped you go back each time, which is the other thing that happens. People quit. I, People I, quit a lot. I, I think quitting, like quitting and like boxing yourself in or reapproaching what I would, I inappropriately call failure, but most people would call it failure. You know, quitting mm-hmm. one day, you know, or messing up on your diet one day or whatever it is, you you forget a day. And then yes. you immediately throw in the towel and say, oh my God, I'm always a failure. I'm always going to do this. I can never stick to anything, blah, blah, blah. What I think is more important is, again, you're going to laugh, but creating frameworks or pattern interrupts that allow you pattern to pattern <laughs> interrupts. Yes. So no, I understand pattern interrupts from injury prevention, oh. right? And and rehab, right? And so what ends up happening when you get hurt, it's a pain spasm cycle. You'll appreciate this. So there has to be a pattern interrupt from the pain spasm cycle. Or it'll just keep going. So that's what mm-hmm. we were always trying to do. That's why acupuncture is so amazing to me, right? Because it's literally putting a pin in the pain spasm cycle in the meridian and stopping it wow and redirecting it so when you talk about a pattern interrupt something from a physicality standpoint acupuncture is directly associated with that which you just said wow that's so cool i haven't heard of dude this is a crazy conversation man i don't know if we expected it to go this way but eric this is like on fire right now i don't know who how many people are gonna be like these guys are talking like way over my head right now (laughs) 
Well, it's also. But I'm loving it because I get it. I get, I love it. I get you, Eric. I get you even more so than the Germanic piece of you. I get you. Like this, this is for me the the ultimate cherry because I am so tangentially thinking. Like I don't think in just one box. Yes. I I think about ideas as as an interconnected web, and how do you. Where like you were saying earlier with like engineers think that they're, they're not creative. And I was definitely in that boat one at one point. Yes. And I, I agreed because like when you have a brother who's like a play person and he goes and does like improv and he's like really quick on his feet and he's like, you know, and then he does photography and he's doing like these composite with photography and all this stuff. And I'm like, well, I'm over here and I can do numbers and I can think about, you know, frameworks and whatnot, and like, you know, solving logical problems. And then all of a sudden, now, like the tables have flipped, he helped me do a lot of the design work for the podcast. But then I wow. take I take all of his stuff and then break it. And then, as an engineer, being iterative, I start building on it and doing all that stuff. <laughs> mm, oh, that's brilliant! And so I've kind yeah. of crossover yeah, between the two of you. Exactly, inadvertently become way more open to experimenting with templates he gave me as a as the, using it as a blueprint again, and then putting my own spin on it after I've come, yes. become more comfortable with it because he gave me a style that I can then make my own. Yeah. But your brother <laughs> provided you a framework, yeah. yes. right? For you to then fill in appropriately, right? And find the solutions within that framework. Mm -hmm. And so that's, and which is what you do naturally, right? From your, your education and how you're wired, mm -hmm. right? And so it's really complimentary what your brother did for you. Yeah. Which is what creatives do, what artists do, right? That's their way. So go all the way back to me. How can I keep extend the game? Yeah. How can I make sure that we stay out here longer? Oh, mm -hmm. okay. I'm not looking for personal glory. I'm trying. If you shine, I shine. Yep. <laughs> right? Because if they if you shine, I shine. So that's what I would do. So your brother, because he learned that through improv is about offers. It's always an offer to someone. Right. So the more you offer, the longer the improv can go. Mm -hmm. So your brother played you, man. He played you. <laughs> he played you. He got you. You didn't even know it. See, right. So, he, yes. So I think it's brilliant, though. I, I just I you would be you are so needed with engineering students right now, Eric. You're it's refreshing your perspective. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to keep hounding you about that. I think it's important that you go back and you talk to them and you start giving them these unlocks and permission earlier than you got it mm -hmm. so that they can get it. Hey, why should you be working out? Look, I'm going to diagram it for you. Blow their minds, right? Hey, why should you be inviting someone creative in your life? Look, this, look at this, this case study of me and my brother. Yeah. So pattern interrupts, just, you know, frameworks, blueprints, you're saying all the things they get, yeah. but you're reframing it for them. I find that fascinating. So you, it's so funny, right? Cause you know enough about me and you've heard me talk with Dr. Mike and yeah. stuff. So you, you, you kind of knew it was going to go this way, right? Like you're, you're yeah. hopeful, like I'm hoping maybe that we might have one of these robust combos, but I'm not quite sure if we will. Yeah. But now that I know you, a bit more yeah. and I kind of know you because I've been around your persona, right? Your, mm -hmm. your being right. And other people, I get it. Get mm -hmm. it. Like I get it, get it. And so the, the words we're having and the conversation we're having, 
I know you're like, my gosh, I don't know about my listeners, but dude, I'm like, I'm getting fed here. <laughs> yep. I mean, this is for me doing this podcast is, is it pushes all of the right buttons for me. Like when I sit in this, it's like I'm solving a problem in real yeah. time where I can, it's weird to say because most people assume that engineers are not good with people or they're not people oriented. And part of my thing, again, going back to being so general is like, I wanted to be able to say, Oh, if you think I'm that way, I'm going to make sure I'm not, I'm going to yeah. surprise you. You know, yeah. again, same thing with like being physical. They assume that people who are smart aren't really, you know, they're the typical nerd. They have a pop pocket yeah. protector, all of that stuff. So I was like, okay. And then I'm going to go figure that out. And maybe I won't be a world record holder or whatever, but I'm going to be better than I was. You yes. know, I'm not going to hold. And it's all about personal best, right? Yes. We go all the way back to the Olympic spirit and idea of arete, right? Mm -hmm. Your personal best, right? Of the highest virtue. That's what that basically means is always bringing your personal best, your highest virtue. Yeah. For you, when, when you, you know, we've talked about a lot about like personal journey and personal best, personal, all that, right? But we keep, there's always that undertone of how do you help elevate others? Mm -hmm. And I've really come to believe that like idea of service or you achieving something is just more proof that other people around you can, can do the things that they don't think they can do. So like for me, whenever I have my friends around and like that's where this was built off of is having conversations with my friends who are all as open-minded as I am. And whenever they say, I don't know if like, I might try this thing, I say, yes, do it. Mm. I don't ever say like, oh, I don't know if you should do that. Like, have you thought about it? Like, you know, is it going to cost you a lot of money or what? You know, all that stuff that people mm -hmm. like, especially friends are really notorious for doing or family even where they say pump the brakes on you. Mm. And I think in the world and especially now it's just heightened it's in general but especially heightened given the circumstances where the entire world is pumped their brakes we need to be giving permission to everybody to saying hey what can you use and how can i give you a little bit of my energy to pick up something that you did have been putting on the back burner that you didn't think you could do how can we all be encouragers for each other mm -hmm. right so my best friend's mom miss lane who was probably the most amazing human catalyst in my life. I've always called her my CEO, my chief encouragement officer of my dreams. And we all need people like that yes. in our life, right? So there's a couple adages, haters, haters gonna hate, creators gonna create, right? Mm -hmm. And haters are my motivators. And so if you're going to tell me it's not possible, just move aside. Mm -hmm. Let me find the people who want to encourage me, but also hold me accountable. So that's that other piece that we forget. We got to be held accountable for our hopes, our dreams, our aspirations, our ideas. Mm -hmm. So someone's checking, hey, what's going on with that, Eric? You going back to the school and talking to those engineering students, right? So you know I got you already now on that. But that's what we need because that's that loving shove towards your destiny. And we all need to be shoved sometimes yeah. towards it, right? A little bit of that uh, positive reinforcement, a little bit of that you know, encouragement that way. And sometimes you have to be lovingly shoved towards your destiny. It's the reality because people, you know, the hero or hero's journey, Joseph Campbell talked about the power of myth mm -hmm. and he talks about the reluctant hero, <laughs> the reluctant hero. They're always reluctant. Yeah. It's part of the story. So most of us are very reluctant to embrace our destiny. So what has to happen? Someone has to show up encouraging you. 
They have to keep telling you, you can do it, you can do it. And they also tell you when you're not on your path. Yeah. They remind you, yo, uh, you might want to check yourself. Okay, fine, right? Because we will lose our way. Yeah. We will doubt. Is success testing you? I tell people that all the time. Doubt is success testing you. Doubt will show up every time to see if it can win. And doubt has an amazing record. Doubt's got a Hall of Fame, and Doubt's got a lot of names in that Hall of Fame that they have taken down. Yeah. Right? But that's your calling. That's your challenge. Do you really want this? Then keep pushing through. Keep advancing. You're you're really hitting on something that, again, as someone who loves numbers as much as I do, which is, you know, again, back to the engineering thing, is like I know internally that the external shouldn't matter. When you're especially creating something like this, where it's really long form, it's kind of against the grain, it's not everyone's gonna get it, all of that kind of stuff. So what it forces me to do is like not overvaluing perception of numbers or statistics or yes. whatever you call it. You know, and I, I know all of the right things to say to myself because I'm a student of it, but every so often those things get through. And so like I reached out to a friend of mine and said, Hey, I just need like Here's a question, you know, like, how do you over like devalue the numbers so that you're not, you know, co- competing with like, you know, one view isn't, is he just as good as a thousand mm-hmm. is, is the way I worded it, you know? And so he basically told me and I was like, thank you. Like, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. you just need someone around, like someone else. I'm going to look up this quote for you. I got this amazing <laughs> quote. Oh my gosh. Did you just said that? And it just sparked me. I awesome. got to find this quote and I, and I can find it pretty quickly because it's, it's this really great color. Mm-hmm. But it's this great anecdote about numbers and the idea that what can be counted doesn't always count. and What Mm. you can count can't always be counted, right? So that whole idea, but I want to make sure I say it accurately to you. Yeah, absolutely. So just a second, let me find this because, oh, dude, like that's like, oh, I love those kinds of thinking. The Um, fact that when when you are always thinking about numbers that way, right? And the importance of them for you. Mm -hmm. I just think that you have to realize first and foremost, that when I'm looking at the numbers differently, right, you can set up your own metrics. Mm -hmm. So we learned this as an athletic trainer. Okay, so here it is. It's from Albert Einstein too. (laughs) What counts can't always be counted. What can be counted doesn't always count. Come on, dude. That's exactly what you were talking about. Oh, likes, views, impressions. Oh, yeah, I'm really not hitting, but yeah, but does that really count? Mm -hmm. That's what you were asking your friend. Like, because I'm counting this, does that really count? Yeah. And it might not be the metrics you need to be paying attention to. Maybe you only need to be paying attention to the one metric when somebody sends you that note and says, thank you so much for that conversation. And so that's that whole idea of it mattered to that one. Yeah. And that's usually what so, I, that's usually what happens to me too, is I get a conversation yes. with someone where after the fact or, or I've had friends of friends that message me afterwards and say, Hey, this conversation was amazing. And I really got a lot out of this. And I'm like, Whoa, that's so weird. <laughs> yeah. Because you're like, I didn't think I was, you know, was hitting the way it needed to, or we don't have the right numbers, <laughs> right views, whatever. Right. What counts can't always be counted. Yeah. What can be counted doesn't always count. 
It's the right antidote in this in this time of of everything where everyone yes, is no behind doubt, screens. Right? And- I, I love the fact that um, I was actually telling a friend of of Dr. Mike's today, mm-hmm. right? That nature has made the world pause. Everyone. It is such a crazy moment. The entire world is pausing at the same time for the same reason. The entire world's having a mindful moment. Right? <laughs> Honestly, right? It's, it's, it's crazy when you think about it. Absolutely. That I don't know if there'll ever be an, you know, that I don't know if there's ever been a moment like this where it was the same thing was happening to everyone. Right. It's so rare. It's, in, it's incredible to think about it. <laughs> it really is. So for you, from a number standpoint and engineering, you can really probably deduce like the, the likelihood. What is the what is the you know, what are the the numbers, the likelihood of something like this happening? And you could actually probably do the data on it and say the likelihood of an entire the entire world experiencing the same thing in real time. Come on. It's like lots of decimal points out there, right? Right. Like it's it's improbable almost since the dawn of humanity. Thank you. <laughs> you right? Yeah, it's improbable. Like right? completely, utterly. Like and yet it's happening. <laughs> and so what I love, the fact is divisiveness has taken a holiday. And humanity has risen up for the win. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. So when you talk about being in of service to others, supporting others, lifting other people up, encouraging others. I'm just seeing this happen in such a level of generosity that's unparalleled. It really is. It's it's just remarkable to see what's going on mm-hmm. because we're all sharing in the same experience. It's like a lot of those problems that we think of, like, how do you you know, make people stop and think about the situation because we're all part of a, like, we're all part of a system that's moving, right? Like anything you're, you're part of, it was there before you mostly. And so you're just entering into it and it's got its own little engine that could. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times you just have to conform to the system and just adapt. And sometimes you're lucky and you get to make changes to that system. But for the most part, it exists as its own thing. And so for this, situation i kind of stop and look at this and i say here's the world saying stop and now you get to do something that you've never done before or here's all this here's this thing that you haven't been doing before and now all of a sudden life says there's time you have time (laughs) or unfortunately if you're a doctor you're you know yes right i mean honestly i mean but it's it's such a fascinating moment Mm -hmm. it just is and to see people rally around each other collectively, what's happening. And my, my just earnest hope is when we get on the other side of this, because we will, mm-hmm. how have we reimagined humanity? Yeah. How have we reimagined belonging? How have we done a pattern interrupt? This is the great, one of the greatest pattern interrupts ever. Eric, come on, dude, right? Yeah. You're an engineer. You can appreciate that. This is an amazing pattern interrupt. So then what are, what's the new patterns after this? Cause they will be new ones, right? We're going to reimagine how we work. We're going to reimagine how we live in a na- and be neighborly. We're going to reimagine how we support people who quote unquote were invisible and now are critical. Yeah. 
to our well-being, it's just remarkable moment. Yeah. I think of, I mean, I could see so many, so much good and so much bad on equal ends of the spectrum, but I choose not to focus or dwell on the negative. I just aim toward what is the best possible outcome and how do I make it and connect with people that can do that. And step one starts with people that I know, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's sending a little bit of my own, whatever it is that I have for people. And even if that's just sending an email or a text message or a phone call or a Skype call and saying, Hey, how's it going? I hope you're safe. And I've been doing that. I've been, I've been doing that as much as I can. I've been doing that even for work because the boundaries mm-hmm. have shifted even for work emails. It's right? not, it's not the people on each other no one's being transactional it's so weird everyone's being transformational with each other that's fascinating isn't it we went from doing to being almost thank you instantaneously (laughs) right from doing to being like almost overnight yeah and it only took nature said i'm shutting y'all down watch (laughs) this i'm doing a reboot humanity needs a reboot watch this so like like at my job we had like an all-hands meeting with everybody as part of our team. And, and it was like, f- f- I think a hundred people or something on like a zoom call or something like that. And all of a sudden we had VPs and stuff like that all on the phone call and saying like, Oh, by the way, since you're all working at home, you guys need to take care of yourself, you know, like eat healthy, go for walks, wow. exercise, do all this stuff. And I was like, I like was watched like sitting in there looking around. And I'm like, what the hell is happening? Because this is everything I've been talking about. Like I've been doing this, you know, nice little personal journey that yeah. felt like it was external to living. Like, you know, nobody was talking about it because it was like everyone should be doing those things, but it wasn't that yeah. important. And now all of a sudden it's like all these things you should have been doing are like, hey, bud. So that's why I I'll say, I'll <laughs> say it again. <laughs> I love it. We got to go back to Albert Einstein. <laughs> what counts can always be counted. What can be counted doesn't always count. And people are starting to realize that. What matters most? People. Thank you. You. Connecting with you right now, like this, one-on-one. Well-being, mm-hmm. right? Are you good, right? Sending out those, like, people have been sending out these roll calls, which has been cool, my friends. I, I always send back the key and peel. That <laughs> response, present. <laughs> <laughs> so that's always mine. Yes. I come back, and they always laugh. They're like, dude, that's so good. That's so good, right? But it's true, right? Yeah. We're checking on each other. It's really amazing time. It's so refreshing. It really is refreshing. And for you to be someone who has been you know, academically trained and now working in the field of engineering, Mm -hmm. you know, this is counterintuitive to how you've been educated and the work you do. And for an executive on your team who, you know, has been trained in the same, you know, dogma and attitudes and all those things, right. Mm -hmm. Says that you weren't the only one who was taken aback by that moment. They went, whoa, <laughs> they really say, because most times it's, they don't have to say it. They just think it that's on your time. Yep. But for them to say, make sure you're taking good care because they had a pattern interrupt. They truly did. So my hope is when we get on the other side and people start ramping back up, do you catch yourself? when you start falling into old patterns Mm -hmm. 
And do you allow the new pattern to win? That's going to be the test, isn't it? Absolutely. That's going to be the ultimate test to see if we really did learn a lesson from this. Or did we just fall back into our old behaviors? And my hope is through conversations like this one that we can create a a bubbling from the ground up because I don't believe that it's going to have... No. The government can't be the one no. or companies can't be the one. No. It's through friends, family, and communication with people who and these give kinds a of conversations. I was gonna say swear there, but I don't know why I caught yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I caught myself. I would say it, but today I didn't want to. But yeah, it's people who like just genuinely care about other people and about their own self because like you could just say this is a PG thirteen show. You, this this, epi- this episode is PG thirteen. <laughs> Viewer discretion advised. Language. Now you can say what you want to say. Eric. Go ahead. I just did your disclaimer. What were you going to say? We can, you just got to give a shit. Like quite Thank literally. You. Like again, going back to knowledge and responsibility are my two biggest things. And especially in this scenario, there was so much fear and animosity about just fear mongering or whatever you want to call it around all of this stuff and panic, you know, why people went and got toilet paper and whatnot. And I was like, we need to just pause and say what really matters because yes, it's bad, but it's not bad enough that we have to go and hoard every single resource around us, you know? And like, really what matters is like, Hey, those people that, you know, in the service industries that now don't have jobs or many places that are just furloughing because everything just went skirt. Um, Those are the people that, you know, and unfortunately when in the society, it's all about spend, 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 and you got credit card debt and housing payments. What happens when the system grinds to a halt and people can't make payments and it's not anybody's fault. Nobody's thought about that. And that's what's amazing what's happening right now are all of these institutions that would typically be tightening on you, the screws on you, right, Mm -hmm. are loosening them because they realize if we don't do well by you now, when we do get on the other Mm -hmm. side, there might not be anything to work with. Yeah. So we can't. We can't squeeze the the life out of what there's nothing to squeeze, right? So they realize that, which is amazing, once again, for industries that typically would come after. The Internal Revenue Service Mm -hmm. extended and forgiving late payments? Come on, man. (laughs) If you want to talk about a great indicator of how this is affected, look at that. A federal institution, right? Death and taxes, right? That's the only two things guaranteed, right? (laughs) Now it's death, taxes, and an extension (laughs) because they know people can't pay. We're going to, we'll get it, but everything's grinded to a halt. So there's a reality for everyone too that if we keep pounding people down even further, they're never going to rebound, which means the economy's never going to be, which means we're never going to recoup any of this. We're not going to recoup any of this. So they're, they're hedging their bet. They're betting on humanity that we're going to figure out how to get on the other side of this. And when does that ever happen? I'll say it again. This is a remarkable moment where institutions that would typically come after you and wag their finger and tell you, you better pay me, I better get mine, are like, 
We're going to forgive, give forgivable loans. What? We don't want everyone to go under. If that happens, we'll never be able to get back. So how do we help you hold on? So that, because to your point, what did you say? Because no one had any control over this. It wasn't as if you were a bad business person, you were a bad parent, you were a bad homeowner, you were a bad, you know, lease, you know, someone leasing mm-hmm. a property. No. So that's why I'm so hopeful because people rallied and understood versus going to scarcity. I better get mine. All those crazy people that took all the toilet paper and stuff. I mean, <laughs> and the and the and the Purell and the hand sand. I mean, come on. I mean, I get really? it. Like the problem is though, is like I understand what those people are doing, is but the problem is they yes. haven't they haven't reflected enough to be able to step out of that primal no. survival loop. Yes. <laughs> to yeah. <laughs> right? They went right to that because that's our base response. And then as people, you know, the majority of people, I'm always going to be very hopeful that, you know, humanity will always kind of figure out, wait and pause, pump the brakes. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who need this. So when people started checking on their neighbors who were elderly, I'll go shop for you, standing on the sidewalk as they're talking to them through the screen door. Can I take your order? Go and buy that and not asking for any money in return. Postal workers having gifts left outside for them from people because the mail carriers have to keep working. Grocery people getting loved up now Yep. Because they are at risk, but they're still doing their jobs. Yep. And so, and it goes on and on. The people in these industries that we always looked beyond or thought were invisible are so visible and important and critical. I saw a friend of mine post and said, yeah, all those celebrities and stars that were, you know, are, are big deals on all the social media, crickets. Guess who we're, who we're hearing about now? all these service industry people who are keeping us going. And yet we looked past them like they weren't even here. So I love the fact that they're having their day and now we need to pay attention to them and not stop paying attention to them when we get to the other side of this. So Mm -hmm. what's going to be the lasting pattern interrupt? That's really the big question, isn't it? Yeah. What will be the lasting and how do we ensure that it lasts? For me, so I started working right out of high school at Walmart. So this whole scenario, I get it. You know, I get why those people, I did it. You know, I worked Black Fridays. I did crazy hours. I worked to the bone more or less because of my unique situation where I had to work full-time and go to school full-time. I did that for up until May of last year. (laughs) And I did that for the entire time. And... You know, a lot of people talk crap about retail jobs or any of those minimum wage type jobs and say, oh, I never want to do that or pretend they're above it. And that's fine. And of course, it's not a great job. But this scenario is a huge wake up call for the entire world to say that even though you don't want that job, those jobs are essential to why you have your job. On the nose, dude. (laughs) On the nose. And, And I and. We forget that in the daily routine because when you go to the store and the shelves are full and you don't have to see anybody or, you know, you just wait in line and 
you know, it reminds me of the This Is Water from David Foster Wallace. Yes, yes. And it, you know, and if David Foster Wallace is fantastic. And when you listen to that outside of the context of this, it sounds fluffy and poetic and, yes, you know. But now that I'm thinking about it right now, it makes a lot more sense all of a sudden. <laughs> right? And it's a lot more sense. You know, my 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 heart goes out to it. And, and not only to is my mother does it too, to this day. She's held a position at Walmart for the 20, last 20 years. Mm. And she still goes to the work every day. She actually got called in to work on her off day as she was sleeping. Mm. She got called at six o'clock in the morning, had to go to work for an extra five hours because other people are calling in because other people don't want to risk themselves. Granted, mm -hmm. I get it. But my mom is not going to be one of those people because that's just the type of person she is. When she gets called upon, she shows up. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And part of that got baked into me just by yes. osmosis. And honestly, like right now, doing this thing and talking to you is my is playing my part, hopefully, for all of those people who either have extra free time or hopefully if you're one of those people either in the service industry or at a hospital and you listen to this thing, that people notice. And people care, like people really, 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 really care because I'm so, I'm so humbled by the fact that I even have a job right now. The fact that I have a job and that I can have a home, that I live at home with my parents still and don't have to worry about paying bills and I'm really comfortable so that I could do something like this. I can sit in front of a microphone and talk. Mm. <laughs> I could never complain. Yes. <laughs> Honestly, right? Yeah, but that's the other thing, too, where a lot of people who had this sense of entitlement, this sense of entitlement, and they went right to what I'm losing. Yeah. But then what ended up happening, which I think is the beautiful part of this, is they saw real loss. And that humbled them. It humbled a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I think what has happened is that humility is going to be very helpful for people. And it is, it is unavoidable. Like you are seeing it on display. So as my grandmother said, don't start smelling yourself. Only dogs do that. It's not very pretty, <laughs> right? You start, you get caught up, right? Would I love me some me moment again? You're going to remember, because these are indelible marks that are happening right now. Yeah. These are moments that are going to be burned into our psyche. And so I think we're just going to hold on to this. And, you know, I remain hopeful that, we hang in there. We find a way to take this with us and do something really extraordinary with this. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I just, I'm an optimist that way, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, I pre prefer to take that optimistic attitude and point of view versus a pessimist. I just do. Yeah. And I know that a lot of people are dealing with some difficult right now and it's challenging, but I'm also so very hopeful when I see all the amazing ways people are rallying for others and not, I'm going to get mine. And so I, I, I just remain that hopeful individual and optimistic. And I just want to believe that it's vital right now that we need more of that optimism. So I appreciate you doing this from your engineering perch and uh, thinking, right, and bringing some uh, level of gravitas to this, but also that you recognize the importance of it too. Yeah. I, I don't like to think about these things in, in my own vacuum. I mean, it's at least I don't like self-promotion or patting myself on the back to any degree because to many degrees, I don't matter. You know, it, what matters is the accumulation of knowledge for people so that they can learn 
and hopefully take it and run with it. You know, I'm not going to go around and say, you should go do that thing because how many times has that worked to get people to, to make a meaningful change? No, you it know? doesn't. You have to, you have to make it matter to them. Yeah. It has to, it has to become personal. Yeah. And once it becomes personal, which if you notice a lot of the appeals now, right, where you're hearing stay at home, save a life. Oh, that's louder to me. Then stay your ass home. Don't go nowhere, right? <laughs> what? You can't tell me. Yeah, I exactly. Have civil liberties. How dare you, right? So now you could be saving your grandma's life. You could be saving your, your mom's life. Oh, now I have a visual. But it took a while for them to reimagine that, mm-hmm. right? They had to figure out, well, this isn't working. Why is it not working? It's not personal enough. So that young man, remember the one that they interviewed down in Florida? You ain't going to stop my partying, dude. He ends up doing a mea culpa and this beautiful apology because he realized. Wow. Of course, that video doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. He did a whole thing. Yeah. If you find that, can you send me a link of that? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because I want to share that because there's so much like in this world right now, there's so much you you do something wrong and you're burned alive. For, you yes. know, there's no redemption arc, No, you know, and, and I, I think what's important there is that that person realized and then owned up to it. And, and then made an <laughs> appeal to his demographic, right? Mm-hmm. His, his peers and said, hey, listen, I was wrong and you all need to pay attention. Mm-hmm. And he basically said, because I don't want to hurt my grandma. I don't want to Everyone's do that. Everyone's got a grandma. So that was the thing that he took away from it, right? When he realized like, whoa, mm-hmm. but it had to become personal. Absolutely. It's because you got to realize, and I'm using the all-inclusive you. <laughs> now we're mm-hmm. talking at different layers yeah. here. <laughs> but it, it's, people don't realize that their lives have impact. Like I think of like every oh, interaction yeah. is a ripple. A lot of yes. times, like every interaction with like me and you is a ripple. And every time you talk to a boss or a friend or a family member, it creates ripples. And how those ripples then, you know, multiply with all the other ripples that those people then go and interact with yeah. have this compounding effect. Mm-hmm. And in our daily lives, those are muted to, to a huge degree. But now... Not now. Not now. <laughs> not now, Right. That's what's amazing about now, right? And I, once again, we've got an amazing pattern interrupt here. Everything's <sighs> being just, this is the, one of the most, the ultimate disruptor, which you appreciate disruption, Absolutely. right? This is, this is an amazing disruption, right? So I told a friend, it's a wonderful dilemma we're in right now. <laughs> Great oxymoron, right? Yeah, right. It's, it's because everything has a double-edged sword. And for me, like you keep saying like everything, you know, it's a disruptor. It's a, it's a pause. It's all of this stuff for everyone who's there, who's thinking about, wow, I got all this time or extra time to reflect or think or whatever they choose to do with this. Do you have any sort of guidance as to what these people should be either thinking about or, you know, directing their energy towards? And I think we've given a whole bunch of that right now yeah we dropped a lot of pearls on this one (laughs) but uh but i think uh ultimately this idea that my actions may seem small but their collective impact will be great so do your part 
do your part. And the rest will take care of itself. Do your part. If you're, if you're working to keep your business aloft and, you know, keep it going, then find that collective group of people and find the resources. They're, they're putting them out there daily, right? So you put your energy and time into that, right? And you, you, you rally others too and find the other people who are, who are doing the same thing because people are helping. The generosity is amazing. Hey, if you are wanting to get better or improve on something, you've got time. You've got time to work on something. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you want to find a way to raise your game, right, and do some of the things that you've always been putting off, you've got time. So let's do our part, right? But also believe that I, what I'm doing matters. So my actions may seem small, but their collective impact, the collective impact will be great. And just trust and believe in that. Great words of wisdom. <laughs> done, done, dude. That was the mic drop right there. It absolutely is. We've already been doing this for just over an hour and we could easily go for many, many more hours. Yes. And I just... I'm super appreciative of your time and just thank you for all of this. Like one at helping me and being this beacon for the world when we need it most. I mean, you do this regardless. (laughs) Well, I know. Yeah. I mean, it's what I'm called to do and I get it and I understand this is my calling. And so I show up each day and try to do my level best to deliver on this promise. And you know, I just think that the more that we recognize our role and what we're supposed to be doing each day, it just gives us that clarity, a purpose. And so maybe that's what you're being asked to do through your podcast is just to help people, you know, attain that clarity and then act on it in a very engineering way, right? <laughs> the blueprint is being, the blueprint for your behavior is being offered. And there's your offer. Yes. All good, dude. All good. Make sure people check out my cataglyphs. Yes. Yeah. So I can't wait to um, get your impression on that and stuff. So mm-hmm. cataglyphs.com, K-A-T-A-G-L-Y-P-H-S.com, cataglyphs. And you can find that. And it's really fun. There are great little stories that I'm doing. It's a limited podcast series. I'm going to just leave it at that. A little bit of mystery for y'all. Mm-hmm. I really do appreciate the fact that this connection came from Something else, when you talk about a ripple, you heard me talking with Compete to Create with Dr. Mike and Finding Mastery also. So you've had a couple interactions with me, and here we are now, right? So a closed mouth don't get fed, dude. You spoke up, and here we go. I really appreciate it. And yeah, I mean, that's really what this is all about. It's just having meaningful conversations with people and not turning into a soundbite, basically. Absolutely. Good stuff, man. So be well, stay healthy. You too. You too. Game on. Thank you. Peace. I want to take a quick second and talk about how you can support our show. I believe this is the most honest way that I can connect with you, the listener, and put it in front of everyone. You can support our show for as little as 99 cents a month. We release four podcasts a month, all at an average length of about an hour. That means you are supporting us at just 25 cents an hour. That's That's cheaper than the dollar menu. I think it's safe to say that we provide more value than that. And if you learn anything from our content, please consider becoming a supporter today with the link in the description of any episode or on the website at feedingcuriosity.net. And with that, thanks for listening and please enjoy the show. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Feeding Curiosity. I hope you all learned something or at least got you thinking. If you want to dive in deeper, please head over to feedingcuriosity.net 
to find related links or just more podcasts and blogs that we've posted there. On top of this, please consider subscribing to our newsletter to stay up to date on the latest happenings on the website. Thank you all for joining me one more time, and we'll catch you all in the next episode. 